Race attack, but watch out! Burst of speed! Look at this freshman! Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May, and if you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a show where we talk about everything from college football recruiting to in-season college and NFL breakdowns to NFL draft coverage, all the way to discussions as to who should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We always talk about some fantasy football since this is a Road of His podcast. But we always make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis, too. And we've been talking about, you know, the college football playoffs. And last week, we talked about NFL playoffs and all the playmakers that make that so special. But now it's time to dive headfirst into NFL draft season and future college seasons as well, starting this week. And on this very special episode, kicking off NFL draft season, I'm joined by a very special guest, Clayton Steffen. You can find him on Twitter at DW underscore Clayton, but I'm just going to call him Clay because that's that's what I'm told is his uh, friends call him. If he wants to share any other names that the Debbie Watch guys call him, he can. I'll let I'll let him get to that. But he is one of the founding members of the Debbie Watch team, CCO of DebbieWatch.com, and a major contributor to their Debbie Watch publication every single year that covers hundreds of future potential NFL stars. So welcome to the show, man. Glad to have you. Thanks for having me on, Travis. Uh, super stoked to be on with you, man. Yeah, just always pumped to talk rookies and always talk college football players. And you and the whole Debbie Watch guys, you guys have been doing this for I don't know how many years, but it's one of my favorite publications every single year. And you know, first off, listeners, I know we, we have kind of a mix uh, of people that listen, some that don't even play fantasy football, some that are really crazy nerds like me and play in Debbie leagues. So you might not even know when I say Debbie Watch, like what the word Debbie even means, but essentially it's fantasy football leagues where you can roster uh, college players well before they're actually even in the pros. So that way you can go ahead and lock up some of your favorite playmakers ahead of time. And so really, I just want to hear from you, Clay, as to you know what made you, uh, Kyle and Greg and all, all the other guys, start the Debbie Watch? Because I mean, it's such a great resource to really dive into all the best players and some players that haven't even really played in college yet. Uh, just to figure out who's going to be good and who's going to be making it in the pros one day. Yeah, so the uh, the origin behind our site, uh, DebbieWatch.com, um, you know, it started with the Debbie Watch publication uh, and guide that we started following the 2016-27 season, I want to say was our first one. We wanted to offer the community a deep and thorough uh, resource annually that uh, profiled essentially every single relevant college skill position player. After a few years, you know, we decided that we really needed our own space and created our own site uh, so we could offer year-round content to the community. It's really a growing community, you know, Debbie. What I like to think is Debbie is short for developmental. Yeah. You draft these developmental prospects onto your dynasty rosters and, you know, you get to enjoy the fruits of, of drafting them if they <laughs> have the opportunity to develop into stars on your on your team and in the NFL. Yeah, man, it, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, like for me, like I, I always go back to, you know, having you know, Juju Smith-Schuster on my team, you know, dating back to his, his true freshman year. Obviously, that's cooled off a bit because not everybody likes him now. But man, like watching players develop all the way from their true freshman season all the way up to now, it's just, it's really cool. You get to root for these guys for two, three years ahead of time. And then boom, they're on your fantasy football roster locked in uh, for your favorite, you know, dynasty fantasy football league. Listeners, if you haven't checked out the format or tried that before, it's a lot of fun. So, uh, get get some nerds together like us if you can, or find us on Twitter and, and we'll connect you in, in ways that you can. I'm I'm 
at FF underscore Travis M. I have people reach out to me all the time, just trying to get plugged in with different leagues. And hey, where do I you know, connect with this kind of people if I want to play in this kind of league? I would love to show you this format because it is a lot of fun. I mean, I mean, for example, I mean, just with this year's draft class, the 2021 class, and even a guy from last year's class as well, like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. I mean, we've been talking about these guys for what, five years now, like debating them as to who's going to be the, the quarterback one for this class. And I mean, even in two guys in separate classes, but Najee Harris coming out this year, Cam Akers came out last year. But again, right after their 2015 what, what was that? Their junior and high school seasons. We were already talking about, hey, these guys are going to be like the number one and number two in their respective class. And, and I, even today, even this fall, we could be debating whether or not we should go with, you know, Najee Harris or Cam Akers in single year fantasy football or dynasty leagues, whatever. So conversations like that we've been having for what, five years now? So it's it's players like that that just make it a lot of fun. For me, I, I really like Lawrence, and I really like Fields. But if I remember correctly, you and the, and the Debbie Watch guys, Clay, you guys, I think last year actually had Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence for fantasy football purposes. Are you all in on Lawrence, or are you still like Fields just as much? Yeah, you're absolutely correct. For Debbie Watch 20, we did have the consensus rank as Justin Fields as the number one overall player at our Superflex Debbie rankings. And, you know, he's not necessarily always been number one for me, uh, being a uh, big Trevor Lawrence supporter. Lawrence has been number one in my Debbie Superflex ra- rankings for some time now. As a as a Clemson graduate and homer, I've, you know, I've gotten to see him play on several occasions. And I still don't think people understand the arm talent on this kid. In regards to some of the throws <laughs> yeah. he's made and his over his college career, I, I think over the next couple months, you're really going to see some clips popping up on Twitter um, by some of the more well-respected film film guys in the uh, NFL scouting community that you know they're just going to be absolutely drooling over some <laughs> of these far far hash across the field passes that he's capable of. Uh, so you know, having said that, we've all come. Everyone's come around now. We've got Lawrence Lawrence number one as the consensus. But, you know, Fields, he's not far off. And you just got, ultimately, you've got two super elite prospects in both of them. And it doesn't even have to be a debate, really. We can, we can just enjoy them both. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not, I mean, I, I think I broke them down in my top 100 rookies uh, series here recently, I, I guess back in December, really took a look took a look at their analytical profiles. And I was just like, this is splitting hairs. This is just silly how close all their adjusted yards per team, you know, pass attempt, even like very specific segments of the field. They've got similar accuracy, whatever advanced analytics and by the numbers you want to compare the profiles fields and, and Lawrence are, are actually pretty close. So it, it's not like a no brainer to me that Lawrence is, you know, far and away the, the better quarterback prospect, but I think for real football purposes, I think a lot of people are there, uh, but right. it'll be interesting to see wh- how that debate develops. And it's just funny really dating back to five years ago that we kind of yeah. knew, okay, these guys are it. And here we are five years later and these guys are it, you know, maybe one or two other names are in the hat to be in the conversation for a quarterback too, maybe, or at least some people are trying to force them into that conversation, but still it, it's, it's fun. And that's why you guys do that publication so that you can kind of help predict the future <laughs> for all the people that want to dig in and understand the best college players in the country. And I've talked about Najee some on the college football playoff playmakers special, but are you a Najee, Najee Harris, that is uh, Alabama running back one kind of guy like the community right now seems to be? Or would you kind of prefer, you know, Akers still given his success here recently? You know, I've actually had uh, 
Travis Etienne um, in my own personal rankings as the RB1 for this class for some time now. But, man, it is hard to deny um, what Najee has done over this past season. And, and, and you know, he, he really has all the looks of the certified RB1 for this coming rookie class. You know, I'll probably just end up diversifying when it comes down to it. You just take yeah. whichever one you can. Yeah. Um, you know, in dynasty drafts, wherever you can get them. You know, both have both backs have tremendous potential in fantasy. I, I think it's really they have some low key awesome pass catching ability that they've uh, really developed over the course of their careers. You know, in the debate between Najee and Akers, since they came out of the same high school class uh, so many years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's wild. Akers is actually younger than Najee, even though he's played a full <laughs> NFL season. But I, I think I got to give the nod to Akers, man. He he He's only going to improve over the next few seasons, given his relative inexperience at the position. I mean, I know you've spoken about this, Travis, uh, you know, Akers has only been playing running back for what four years now yeah not not too long I mean he was really a quarterback even in his final season where they were kind of working in more like kind of wildcat and option runs and and really getting creative with him knowing that he was being recruited as a running back by all his top schools even after his junior season he was still a kind of a normal quarterback and and so you know going to Florida State and and dealing with that joke of an offensive line how do you even I don't even know how you learn to play the position any better when you're having to, you know, get tackled like three yards behind the line for <laughs> most of your career. It's a good point. It's a good point. And, you know, you, it, it just made me think, you know, I don't I don't think that uh, that we've seen the best out of Akers in terms of playmaking ability. Can you just imagine McVay over the next few seasons? He's going to get him involved on some passes. McVay's creative and 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 people forget that Akers his QB ability. So that, that could be fun. Yeah, man, that, that would be interesting to see if they, they kind of use some of that and. Um, and create some special packages and because I mean they they're I mean I've, I think I've talked about that on on Twitter some but that defense is super creative and that offense is super creative it, it's you know say what you will about their success this season they really do have a lot of good things going for them and if Cam Akers can continue to develop and uh, get even better uh, that may surprise some listeners that you would take Akers over a guy that you know a lot of people are calling the running back one in this class but man Akers is just that good like we knew from from what when he was 16 17 years old that okay this kid's going to the pros and and he's that kind of difference sure. making talent and and it's funny he kind of got lost in the mix of some other players last year because there were just some really good players i mean we we had all the the dobbins hype because of the the playoff you know late season and playoff performance and and then you know jonathan taylor being the 2000 yard back that he is and and then everyone you know goes bonkers over Clyde Edwards Hilaire because of his late season surge in the playoffs. And then of course he goes to the Chiefs. And then Cam Akers is just this afterthought. And then you have DeAndre Swift too. So it, it was such a good class that I think we can forget how good Akers is in comparison to anyone in this draft class. I too have Travis Etienne as my running back one, but Cam Akers is somebody that. I think we should be in fantasy football leagues really taking a long look at investing long term in, in terms of dynasty uh, fantasy football leagues and and really uh, investing in, in just this coming season as well. Because I've been a long time believer in his talent and he's always had the raw ability and now he's in a situation where it looks like they're finally going to give him the reins. So I'm, I'm excited to see what comes out of that. But Speaking of this class, this class, you know, Akers probably had he chosen to stay and coming out in this year, he would have been in the running back one conversation. 
because it's not super deep in terms of guys that actually look like feature back builds. You know, I mean, there there right. are several names that are kind of slim and skinny, skinnier than you like to see for for uh, feature backs. Like, I mean, like Kenneth Gainwell out of Memphis, like he was. You know, maybe soaking wet like 190 pounds, uh, and Javion Hawkins, maybe not even that. Like he might be listed higher, but man, he does not look very big. Michael Carter out of out of North Carolina. Hawkins is of course Louisville. Um, Carter out of North Carolina. You know, he was like the lightning to Javante Williams Thunder, uh, and really an efficient player. But again, under 200 pounds. And then Puka Williams. Don't even get me started. He's like 100 and what 170 pounds. So it's a bunch of guys that are a little slight this year. Even Chuba Hubbard, who I'm high on, is not the thickest back. So uh, in terms of depth, it's it's questionable, and it's a class full of skinny guys. Like, are you high on? on any other kind of big names outside of like Najee Harris or Travis Etienne. I know I like Javante Williams, but um, who else should we really get excited about in a class that might be lacking in the feature back category? Well, you know, we just saw uh, today, actually, a little Michael Carter, the running back out of uh, UNC. He weighed in at the Senior Bowl. What was it, like 5'7", but he's over 200 pounds. So that BMI. Hey, there we go. I missed that. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, the BMI was real nice for him. And, uh, you know, he he's an excellent. I actually covered him on the Debbie Watch last year. Him and Javante both. I had Jav- I had Carter ahead of Javante in hindsight. You know, maybe doesn't look that good. But <laughs> who could have really seen that explosion come in this past year? Yeah. So Michael Carter, man, but he, he's an excellent playmaker. He's a small, but the kid just, he knows how to make plays out of the backfield, whether it be receiving the ball or... You know, he's got an excellent, he may not have the long speed, but he's got an excellent first step, burst, and and agility. So I, I like him out of that group you kind of mentioned. Gainwell as well. He's got, you know, excellent, excellent receiving chops, kind of be a versatile playmaker all over the field. But if we're being honest, uh, you know, can we just draft some of these, these receivers instead? <laughs> yeah, we, there are uh, we've, we've got quite a few to be, get excited about in that category. We've got a loaded receiving class. So for me, ultimately, you know, give me Etienne and give me Najee, maybe a little Javante Williams in there. And then let's just load up on these uh, wide receivers and, and QBs in this in this rookie class. Yeah, that, and that's kind of how I felt about this class for a while. Like, I think I remember, I don't know what it was. I basically was trying to predict the future a long time ago, uh, even before Etienne said he was going back. Like I said, I had Etienne as like my running back one for for last year's class and then like the running back one for this year i was just like whoever decides to come back for the next year's class and it was ironically travis Etienne, the guy who i had (laughs) as the running back one for 2020 Uh, he ended up coming back and i still have him and Najee, you know up there but you know i have javante williams because he is that feature back size he's he's the 5 10 11 you know 220 pounds but he has all the explosiveness all of the receiving ability yak ability uh, just contact balance, everything you want to see. So I really like Javante Williams, but um, out of those skinnier running backs, I still do like Gainwell. Uh, I, I think that was a smart play for him to sit out the year, just because there's no way he was going to live up to the 1500 yard season and five, you know, 500 re- receiving yards, 50 passes caught in a single. There's no way he's going to live up to that kind of uh, resume again. And, and I think that's partially why we've seen the dip in, in Chuba Hubbard stock. You know, he's people are taking a hard look at him and going, man, he, he I thought he was supposed to be this 2000 yard back. Uh, and he was, 
2019, and then he takes a step back, still has like 100 yards from scrimmage per game, but people think that that's terrible now because he didn't <laughs> absolutely dominate to the same extent in back-to-back seasons, um, and he wasn't completely healthy. He was dealing with the a revolving door at quarterback due to Spencer Sanders' health and partially dealing with a true freshman quarterback. And so a lot of external uncontrollable factors going into Chuba Hubbard's kind of uh, lackluster season. But people forget he's like a borderline borderline Olympic athlete. And uh, he was really hoping hoping at one point to be on the Canadian track team because he ran like, what, a 10-6 or something in high school. Uh, so I'm, I'm really going to be surprised if he doesn't have like a four four-ish or sub four four-ish time at his pro day this year. And so I think that that kind of speed will probably put him back in the conversation and people uh, for, you know, running back three or four or something like that because, oh, okay, yeah, he he does have a 2,000-yard season. Oh, he is like 205 pounds. Oh, he does have all that crazy speed. Are you are you still a believer in Chuba Hubbard or are you kind of fading him as well? Uh, this, this past season was a little bit of a red flag watching him. You know, I think that the, uh, there's just kind of some nuanced things that he, uh, can improve upon. You know, I, I do think, but th- there's no question that straight line speed and the long speed is there. And I think that, you know, breakaway runs, uh, I think I actually wrote a visit zone. Dave Caven has done some, yeah. some research to, uh, to, to show the breakaway run rate and whatnot is a good indicator on the on the next level uh, for next level success and this past year i wouldn't say there were too many for chuba but goodness gracious two seasons ago <laughs> i don't know how many breakaway <laughs> runs he had but uh yeah it was so, a lot i mean I, chuba's definitely right right there i, I gotta slot him right behind javante at the moment but i i would still take him ahead of some of those other guys and you know chuba at rb4 it sounds good to me yeah, and Caven's actually doing that again in in the Rotoviz rookie guy that's coming out here very soon. He's he's taking a look at the breakaway percentage for this class, uh, comparing it to some other classes, and and the, all that kind of data will be in there again. Uh, there's definitely an argument to be made for some of these skinnier guys who do have like high breakaway percentage runs and and do make just enormous amounts of big plays. Like all the guys I mentioned, like Hawkins, like Carter. Uh, Puka Williams, like even playing for Kansas, Juba Hubbard, like all those guys, Kenneth Gainwell, all those guys in this class, I I believe are top 10 in breakaway percentage. So, you know, maybe if you're not, if you're not going to be big, if you're not going to be able to stand up to, you know, 15 to 20 touches a game, you better at least be efficient with your touches. And so that's where I think some of these skinnier backs can, can add value. But another kind of bigger body guy I do like, and I'm pretty sure you guys over at the Debbie Watch do as well. I, I'm really high on Jamar Jefferson out of Oregon State. Uh, he he kind of had the season that we all hoped Juba Hubbard would have. I mean, he had like, what, over 150 yards per scrimmage, from scrimmage per game on an offense that <laughs> is not really supposed to be good. Uh, and, and, and they were replacing a whole lot this year. So really impressed by Jamar Jefferson and I think people forget that he as a true freshman had like what 1500 yards from scrimmage uh, way back in uh, I guess what was that 20 his 2018 season but people forget he was he was incredible uh, are you a Jamar guy uh, you know I 
I, I do like Jamar. I think, you know, after that lackluster 2018 sophomore season where he kind of – it seemed like he kind of regressed a little bit. He definitely, uh, you know, he kind of fell out of the, the spotlight. And this past season really just – he was able to put on display and remind us just how talented he is. I, yeah. I feel like the entire offense was was built around him at Oregon State. And even with opponents knowing that, that he is the offense, he was still – able to to have success and and just rack up you know 6.5 yards per carry obviously that's you know not the best metric but when you when you're when you got stacked box against you and you can still produce and break away runs he looked pretty impressive so i think that he is going to be a guy that has his stock rise as this process continues you know hopefully he can slip into a day two you know round three slot or, or whatnot and um you know get, be a guy that we can get excited about yeah, for sure. So, uh, so you like Carter in terms of the slimmer backs, but in Gainwell, Hawkins, are you, are you a Hawkins guy? Because I know a, a couple uh, friends of the show, uh, even like Matt Hicks, I think he has uh, Javian Hawkins as his running back three, which is a little rich for me. But uh, are you a Hawkins guy, or especially like a Gainwell guy? Any any of those names that you really have higher than than maybe consensus? As a as a Clemson uh, supporter and a Clemson fan, I um. You know, I, Hawkins caught my eye watching him a couple of years ago in the ACC. Yeah. Uh, he, he's really talented, really impressive. I think he's got a, a good all-around game, but I just don't know if I can envision him as a lead back in the NFL. And, and ultimately, that's really what we're looking for. And if you're not going to be a lead back, you've got to have some really uh, impressive kind of receiving chops, I think. And I don't mm. know that Hawkins is quite there in the, uh, the pass-catching realm, at least not on the level as a guy like, Kenneth Gainwell or Michael Carter. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm right there too. I want to rank him higher. He he did have some incredible plays and and just has game breaking speed. But a few of the plays were kind of uh, really just placed in his lap because of the the scheme. And and I really like Satterfield what what he what he's done there. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't see a feature and I don't see a really huge workload there for him or uh, Puka. I, I could see Gainwell. I want to see him get get a little thicker. He's had a lot of time to kind of get in, you know, uh, physical, perfect shape to at least convince NFL playmakers, hey, look, I'm an NFL athlete, you know, <laughs> because he missed the whole year. So hopefully he has a really good pro day and all that uh, time to prepare will get him built into looking like he could fake it as a feature back uh, as well. But Beyond that, you know, I've done some work here recently, and we're going to continue to see, and, and this, uh, this is kind of a curveball here for you, but there are three guys uh, that I've done some work on uh, transfer running backs and transfer wide receivers and transfer quarterbacks, and we've seen a lot of transfer quarterbacks work out. We've seen some transfer wide receivers work out, uh, and, you know, recently we just, just this year, we saw both Antonio Gibson and Keyshawn Vaughn get day two capital, even though they were transfer running backs, It's but it's really hard for transfer running backs to one succeed wherever they land and two succeed well enough that they get the draft capital we like to see. So uh, for you, I mean, like there's guys like Trey Sermon who exploded here late, uh, but you know, he, we loved him when he was at Oklahoma. And then there's Ramondre Stevenson, the guy who actually came and transferred to Oklahoma and kind of usurped Trey Sermon. And he's like, you know, 250 pounds kind of came on late this year. And then there's uh, Khalil Herbert, for Virginia Tech, really incredible straight line speed, 205 pounds or so. Uh, do you do you like any of those three? I mean, a Trey Sermon, I feel like everybody's jumped on that bandwagon, but do you like any of those three, or do you have any strong takes 
as to you know the success of those three transfers and you know whether they get day two draft capital yeah those are those are some really interesting names that you brought up and and i think that at least herbert they're, they're starting to get some hype now obviously over this past season all three of them sermon stevenson and herbert they weren't exactly uh you know mainstream guys in the 2019 season and we at, at the debbie watch we've been uh pretty high on Trey Sermon ever since actually you know his freshman year really coming into college he never got the workload at Oklahoma unfortunately but you know you were really able to see what, what he could do down the stretch with that full workload I don't know that he has uh, you know the straight line speed or anything like that you need to see but he could he could rip off some chunk gains and between those three guys they all have their own really interesting qualities that they can be you know they, they can make them successful at the next level and ultimately, I, I do think that it's going to kind of come down to draft capital with them. If any of them get day two draft capital, there's been a lot of studies and research shown that, that day two guys, at some point, they get their shot uh, to, you know, make a mark. So you might find some value in rookie drafts uh, this coming rookie draft season by just being able to scoop some of those guys in the later second round, early yeah. third round in rookie drafts. If even with kind of almost like an Alexander Madison type of scenario, obviously that mm-hmm. hasn't hit yet, but the odds are are in favor that if they if they get the draft capital, they're going to get their shot, and I'll let that be the deciding factor when it comes to those those guys you mentioned. Yeah, I, I like all three, especially I really like how Ramondre Stevenson finished at, at when Oklahoma was coming on strong. I mean, he missed like half the season and then was like, hey, by the way, I'm in these last six games, I'm going to have like almost 900 yards, okay? And, and then most people still didn't even really pay attention, even though he was on a really good program and succeeding again. He's a little bit older. He's going to get picked apart for this and that, but he's intriguing. And, and Herbert, I think if he runs what he can, like a 4-4-ish, you know, I think he's done that even dating back to early, early college years. I think he could get some capital. And then Sermon obviously had the hype train of his late season surge and the Big Ten title game and then uh, the playoffs for a bit before he went out and like the, what was that the first or second play of the game in the national championship game but really looking forward to see if there you know are more interesting names this year than we initially thought at the position uh, but before we move on and take a look ahead because that is your specialty t- taking a look at some of these Devi current college players and, and next generational uh, future NFL stars just a word from our sponsors. And so, yeah, this has been a great just talking about the the current class, the 2021 class. But we'll have plenty of time to dive into that more uh, throughout this spring. But I had you on because I wanted to take a look at the future as well. You and the Debbie Watch guys, you guys work on these guys, current college players year round. Uh, and, you know, you guys are actually coming out with the Debbie Watch. What is it? Is it actually um, is it March 1st when it's when it's dropping this year's version? Yes, I think uh, first week of March is is tentatively when we're we're looking to drop it. You know, you can find that uh, information on our on our site uh, debbywatch.com, as I mentioned, and uh, the at debbywatch handle on Twitter will definitely keep you up to date on that. Nice. So so be on the lookout. You know, there's some some kind of things that that as far as um, declarations and you know people potentially returning as far as the the COVID protocols and whatnot. So it's uh, it'll be something. You know, the date the actual date might change, but but be on the lookout for sure. Yeah, I'm excited to get my hands on my copy for sure. It's always fun just comparing my own rankings and my own work to you guys. I'm like, oh man, they're really high on this guy. I got to take a closer look. Uh, so. Regardless of uh, how how much listeners you you enjoy college football, it's just it's really uh, it's just jam packed with fun, interesting information. So check it out at DeviWatch.com, at DeviWatch on Twitter. 
But just a quick look ahead, really, at you know the 2022 class for the NFL draft and really all the best playmakers that are going to be on the field this fall. Uh, are you have anybody, you know, I mean, I'm pretty low on next year's class overall. Like I'm moving off of my 2022 first picks uh, for upgrades here and even beyond that if I can. But I still like, you know, I, I still like like Brees Hall and a couple of the, a couple of the top wide receivers but who are you most excited about for for 2022 for next year's nfl draft you know i i think we were really just spoiled by this 2020 class that was that was so loaded and you know there was just countless rookie breakouts um between receivers and running backs so so it is it is going to make any any subsequent class kind of look inferior but i do agree that the 2022 class especially from a production profile standpoint uh so far is definitely you know it's not looking the greatest uh however i think there's going to be some quality pieces for us in dynasty it, it may be just a little thin on the the difference making like impact players you're not going to maybe have any Jonathan Taylor's and uh, you know Justin Jefferson's in there. Right. Uh, but one of my uh, players that I'm, I'm most excited about, um, we actually just chatted him about him last night on our on our conference call for for the rankings for the Debbie Watch 21 uh, guide. Uh, Traylon Burks, the wide receiver out of Arkansas, he, he's getting a lot of hype on Twitter right now. Um, but I mean, how can you not be excited <laughs> about this kid? You know, he 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 shows shades of AJ Brown to his game. You know, he's super physical after the catch. Just just a menace a menace to tackle in the open field. Uh, Burks posted a 38% dominator rating this past year. You'd love to see that. That's exactly the type of number you're looking for. 2.9 yards per team pass attempt that he posted. Yeah. It's looking pretty pretty nice as well. You know, there's no there's no silver bullet metric, but I think uh, you know, longtime Rotoviz Rotovizer Anthony Amico, he, he I think he stated in the past that his, the single best wide receiver production metric uh, based on his testing is yards per team pass attempt. You know, yeah. not combining things into dominator rating or whatnot, but just a single stat. And that 2.9 that that Burks posted this this past year is actually better than than what Justin Jefferson posted. And, you know, it's about the equivalent of what um, Jerry Judy and Calvin Ridley's uh, best seasons were. Uh, so so Burks is a super exciting prospect. And he played a, a lot out of the slot so far in his career, but he can definitely play outside as well. And, you know, I already mentioned that A.J. Brown uh, dynamic, Travis. So uh, that, that should be interesting for you because <laughs> yes. there'll definitely be some people <laughs> uh, bringing up, oh, you know, most of his success was out of the slot. But uh, I know you did some charting in your past that, that showed, look, AJ Brown, he's going to win anywhere. And I think mm -hmm. it's going to be the same thing ultimately with Traylon Burks. Yeah. I, I remember, you know, the knock with AJ Brown was all, all he does is run out routes out of the slot. And, and, you know, if you looked at the wrong three or four games, you would have seen a lot of those reps. But, you know, without DK Metcalf in the mix, I remember going back and charting and it was like, nah, man, he actually averaged more yards per reception. He was way more efficient on the outside, even than he was on the inside. They just were using him there because he was such a dominant mismatch. And so I think that's what they're doing with Traylon Burks. They're realizing, hold up, we can put this 6'3", 230 pounder in the slot and he can just own kids. Like that's what, you know, like they, they can just do that with, with Burks and it works for what they do at Arkansas. But I think no matter where you line up a guy with that kind of size and speed and that combination, it's going to be a lot of fun. And even last year, among other true freshmen, if you really squint and adjust like per game, his, his production profile wasn't bad for a freshman, but that Folks, if you're not familiar with the yards per team pass attempt, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a metric that basically speaks to the efficiency of a wide receiver within their offense, more so than just overall volume and being able to handle the volume. And so average 
for typical drafted NFL prospects is around two and a half yards per team pass attempt. And Burks had 2.9 or so this past season. So that's already like 60th percentile. And uh, he hasn't even had his third season yet. So he could still improve his production profile and uh, end up with, you know, really high adjusted production index, which is my own personal metric I like to use. Uh, And so he's already tracking like he's got a professional uh, production profile and resume already put together and he's only got two college seasons. So I really do like Traylon Burks. That's that's definitely a name to keep in your back pocket. For me, I I, at running back, I like Kyron Williams. Uh, He's a little smaller, but he, he can bulk up a little bit and be really intriguing. Uh, made some big plays and some big moments for Notre Dame. But I really do like Brees Hall. He's pretty much the obvious running back one for next year. I don't think there's anybody else in the conversation right now. Is there anybody else in that running back conversation for next year that you're super excited about? I agree with you. It's definitely Brees Hall uh, at the top. And, and Kyron, really, he took a, a chokehold on that Notre Dame backfield this year. It looked impressive. He's got a really well-rounded game between the, the pass pass blocks like a animal and pass protection and you know he's a pretty solid receiver as well Um, you know another guy I I wanted to mention though uh, they kind of burst onto the scene this year was Kevin Harris out of uh, Mm -hmm. South Carolina oh yeah he he was was the absolute focal point of, of that team's offense and he managed to produce in a big way against sec competition this year he's not going to probably test through the roof you know the long speed may not be there but Man, he, he is a physical back with, with a above average receiving chops, and he's going to be hard to bring bring down in the open field. We're, we're really looking for those, those you know, potential workhorse lead backs at the mm-hmm. next level to become fantasy producers, and I think that Kevin Harris um, out of South Carolina could have the potential to, to do that in the future. Yeah, and that was supposed to be, I mean, Marshawn Lloyd was one of the incoming freshmen in the uh, 2020 uh, freshman class and everyone thought oh Marshawn Lloyd's going to come in he's going to immediately be the the feature back for South Carolina but turns out he got injured missed like the whole season and Kevin Harris was like okay this is my time and the 5'10 225 bowling ball of a monster who has some speed had some crazy games like I mean I, I the Vanderbilt game was expected Vanderbilt's terrible you know he, he had a good game against Florida it turns out their defense was terrible LSU wasn't the same Ole Miss wasn't the same but he just killed it in every opportunity that he could kill it like I just over and over and over and what was it like five touchdowns 250 yards or something against Ole Miss it was it was, it was crazy and then he capped it off you know even in Kentucky's got a good defense and he dropped 200 on them too so yeah, Kevin Harris is going to be a name I'm watching. I also like Isaiah Spiller. He didn't have a super efficient uh, 2019, but was really impressed by him uh, this this past fall. So, and plus, I have to say something positive about him because his dad follows me on Twitter. So, if I got got to watch it there, but um, I think I think Spiller did uh, did improve uh, this past year as well. I wasn't necessarily in on him uh, in relation to uh, some of my colleagues over at Debbie watch coming into this year but he he really he rounded out his game and he came became much more of an, of an efficient player yeah uh, took over that backfield and he's definitely going to be a, a big kind of feature back to look forward to as well yeah Texas A&M really gave him the reins and he's he's talking about feature backs I mean this this year we got a bunch of skinny backs but man we got some some guys that I mean, like Spiller's six one, two hundred twenty five pounds or something. So he's right. got the build to be a, a next level feature back. So hopefully 
we get a couple guys that uh, rise up and challenge Brees Hall for that running back one slot next year. But uh, in 2022, uh, the, the wide receiver class is really shaping up to have perhaps the worst collective set of production profiles in modern NFL draft history. Like, it's gross. I mean, it's it's outside of, like, the obvious names. It, it gets pretty ugly. Like, George Pickens had an amazing true freshman kind of breakout season. David Bell for Purdue did as well. Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson over at Ohio State. Uh, that's going to be an incredible duo. And I like Drake London out of USC. Uh, but after that, after the you know after those names and Traylon Burks, it's a whole lot of nothing and a whole lot of gross. And even Drake London's adjusted you know production profile is not pretty just yet. So there there are a lot of questions to be answered. And even Pickens had a down year, uh, you know, kind of came back when J T. Daniels took the helm. But uh, th- these guys and the, and really the 2022 class have a lot of uh, growing to do. So are you? high on any of those guys I mentioned, like between George Pickens, David Bell, Chris Solave, who randomly decided to go back, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, uh, any favorites there? Yeah, and, and I agree with you um, that as of right now, it's not looking the most stellar. Uh, you know, I mentioned Traylon Burke, so he, he's going to be in that discussion. Um, all the guys that you mentioned, I think they're going to be first round rookie, dynasty rookie draft picks. I, that, that just... It's, it's it's how it's it's how it's shaping up because there's not a ton of depth necessarily behind them yet. I think that Garrett Wilson is probably my favorite out of that group. Um, I've been a long time Garrett Wilson stan. You know he uh, he he had a really impressive uh, true freshman season. People are going to have concerns about the athleticism, but he kind of has some of that Michael Thomas to his game, where he he's just going to be one of those um, receivers that that you can't really guard you can kind of throw him to it throw it to him in any situation and he's going to make the um he's got that excellent body control and and be able to make the catch him and Alave obviously both dominated that uh ohio state um receiving production this past year uh obviously you, you actually mentioned drake london as well he's another that that is rising and that we're high on maybe the um the the numbers weren't out of the roof this year but i guess he, he probably qualified for a breakout season and you know he's an athlete he's you're looking yeah. at like six five 215 he actually played basketball for southern cal as a a true freshman and uh he's been playing a lot of big slot got the hands the size athleticism you know think like a more athletic uh marcus colston is kind of the way he's trending right now and he had some really really impressive plays i'm sure you can just do a quick twitter search and (laughs) and and (laughs) watch him shake some guys in the open field for for southern cal so yeah there'll be some guys for sure for sure to get excited about we'll see kind of uh how it ends up panning out because it it could be it could be uh you know you don't know who's gonna who's gonna come out out of the woodworks could be another juco wide receiver that comes out of the woodwork and some other you know guy that you know got injured this past year that we're kind of forgetting or you know we're way too low on there'll be other guys that, that come up into that conversation but right now uh it's not looking near as deep as these past couple classes in the wide receiver room uh, overall but uh who's your just uh quick here quarterback one for 2022 and tight end one for 2022 so uh for 2022 i think you know rattler gets a lot of hype and, and oh yeah so and <laughs> and we are definitely here uh high on on spencer rattler here at the at the debbie watch but Having covered Sam Howell for the Devi Watch, he is going to be my my highest floor prospect currently. I, I think that that he, if I had to pick one, he would be my QB one for 2022. You know, another guy though to mention, it, it, it could be 
it could be interesting to watch uh, in, in, the, in the Lane Kiffin offense. But uh, for Ole Miss, Matt Corral really, really improved this year and stepped up. And he's got a fun blend of athleticism and arm talent and really put up some monster numbers this, this year. So if he can yep. continue to develop, I, I think the, uh, the, the upside and potential could actually be the highest out of the class. We'll have to see some more consistency from him going yeah, forward. Yeah, we'll just – We'll just forget that six interception game. <laughs> that, was, that was not not his finest moment, but he he has a bunch of. I mean, he's got the tools, he's got the arm talent, and he's right. going to be that guy that the, uh, the analytics community looks at it and goes, "Man, that's gross." But NFL decision makers are going to take a look at him and go, "Okay, he has all the tools." Uh, but yeah, Sam Howell is still my quarterback one. I do like Spencer Rattler. I still like Keaton Slovis as well. But Sam Howell just throws a really pretty deep ball. And maybe it helps that he had Diami Brown to throw to. Uh, but, man, he just he just looks like the real deal. Tight end one, though, who's your guy there? It's, it's got to be Jalen Wademeyer from Texas A&M, hands down. He was essentially the de facto wide receiver one for that uh, Texas A&M receiving core this yeah. past year. Kellen Mond's go-to guy, and and they line him up at H-back, out of the slot, whatnot, all throughout the year. But he can absolutely become an inline player, and the athleticism is real, is really real there. He's one of those. Uh, you want one of those tight ends that can they can get those yards after the catch, and 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 kind of be a monster in the open field. Wademeyer absolutely has that, and I don't know that he's necessarily been getting as much hype as he probably deserved. No, he definitely deserves more, especially because. I mean, when, I kind of broke this down, and, and if, if you guys check out the uh, Road of His Rookie Guide, I took a look at this tight end class, and this is a truly rare, uh, rarely productive tight end uh, rookie class this year. We got three guys that could be first-rounders. Next year is not so much, because most of the time, it, college tight ends just don't produce crazy numbers. But he's got a couple seasons in a row now that he's got significant market share of that offense. He's got a half dozen touchdowns both seasons. He's got, uh, I think, almost 500 yards. Uh, in both seasons or more and so yeah he's he's going to be a guy that if he has a good peak season good final season uh he's, he could earn some first round draft capital i don't know if it, if the athleticism is going to necessarily be there um just because he's so so big i mean like straight line yeah. speed might, might not be there but he can just dominate so i'm really looking forward to wiredemeyer as well but we'll wrap up with some 2023 talk and, and guys that just finished up their freshman seasons uh, that running back class looks like a lot of fun. I, I have a, a few crushes in terms of wide receivers, but man, the running back crew already has exploded. Like we had some hype. Uh, it could have been even more like had Zachary Evans done anything or had Marshawn Lloyd stayed healthy. But guys like Jameer Gibbs, guys like Bijan Robinson exploding at the end of the season for Texas, Gibbs for Georgia Tech, and my dude Tank or Cartavius <laughs> Tank Bigsby for Auburn all these guys looking like just grown men like 18 years old just stomping on everybody else in in college football do you have a favorite uh from that crew of young stud running backs you're absolutely right Travis there is that there is going to be some serious serious talented lead back potential out of that 2023 class love all the guys you mentioned just throwing a couple more you've got Kendall Milton um, out of Georgia, obviously, yeah. it's going to be a muddled backfield. And then uh, even a guy like DeMonte Trainum out of Arizona State, he, he could really be one that pops onto the scene over the next couple of years. I love Bijan Robinson. I've been all in on him from the beginning. He's got to be he's got to be my personal favorite. Jameer Gibbs is right there as a close second. 
they're, they're just stellar, stellar pass catchers and just explosive, uh, impossible to tackle athletes out of the backfield as well. And, and they're just, as true freshmen, you know, they looked like they belong and they Gibbs was the man for Georgia Tech everything ran through him Robinson I mean I think that there's a reason that Texas is you know going to be looking for a new head coach (laughs) they should have been giving him the ball they should have been giving him the rock constantly (laughs) he showed in that bowl game that he is an absolute freak yeah and he's going to be Animal. Bajan Robinson is going to be a 101 in in the future dynasty rookie class. Yeah, he was. He's I think favorite. for for most people, I think he was the consensus running back one. All the all the recruiting services loved Bijan Robinson. Uh, I mean, he he looked complete uh, coming out of high school. He was a little slow. Uh, and he, he's still, I mean, he's got build up speed, but he's not like, um, you know, he's not got that quick one to make you miss that Jameer Gibbs does, but really love Bijan Robinson. Cartavius Bigsby, though, I think he's, he, he, he has just as much upside, in my opinion, as Bijan Robinson for Auburn. He, he really came in was a, a basically the only thing that was working on that putrid off Auburn offense this year at times. Uh, and just bullying people that are, are two, three, four years older than him. So excited about that but props to Jeff Collins over at Georgia Tech because you know coming in last season it's 2019 rather uh complete overhaul and saying you know what we're going to change this we're going to make this a completely new offense where we're going away and you know not having any of the pieces to even make that work but kind of fixing things and and, and giving the reins to his young play players and I think it's going to help him in, in recruiting you know being that uh, committed to his young guys, like going all in with Jeff Sims, even though, you know, even when he struggled at quarterback this year, going all in with what Jameer Gibbs and saying, you know, I know Jordan Mason, we've got you. And, you know, he, he was hurt, but even when he was back he was like, he still gave the rock uh, and opportunities to Jameer Gibbs. And so I think that's going to, that gonna, that's going to mean good things for the program. And, and, <laughs> Good things happen when you give the ball to Jameer Gibbs. So I, I was props to you guys at the, at the Debbie Watch for uh, trusting in that situation. I was a little concerned just because of the situation. I was like, man, I hope they don't waste this first two seasons trying to rebuild this this offense into something normal. But in year year one for him, it looks like looks like he's a hit. Yeah, uh, absolutely, no doubt about that. Um, I, I actually, real quick, I mentioned that Texas would be looking for a new head coach. Of course, they already they already hired Sarkeesian, but uh, yeah, let, let's just say that Bijan Robinson, you don't waste a talent like that. Jameer Gibbs, I think we were a little higher on the consensus, and I I know that some of our guys were were drafting him kind of all over the place, anywhere they could. I, I remember when we were going through the process last year. And, uh, you know, sometimes it can get really mundane when each of us are are looking through 20 plus incoming freshman running backs to kind of vet them all. I know Brad was kind of annoyed, um, you know, at, at uh, DWB Mac, I believe it is. But he, he, he was kind of getting frustrated. None of the guys were popping out of him. And he said, holy cow, he stopped in his tracks and uh, made note. He was like, Jameer Gibbs. Yes, sir. Let's, let's <laughs> that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. That's that's why you guys do what you do, though. Like all, all the work you guys put in to find the next generation of NFL playmakers and really that's that's what this this show is about it's about that journey from college football recruit all the way to you know to the pros and all the way to the pro football hall of fame so just love that kind of conversation love that love seeing these players progress Uh, but listeners if you you know have questions for me you can find me uh, at ff underscore Travis M on Twitter. You can find Clay or Clayton at DW underscore Clayton on Twitter. I think I got that right, right? 
You got it. Well, awesome. And and then uh, check out the Debbie Watch, DebbieWatch.com. Uh, anything else you want to plug, Clay, before we sign off here? Nah, man. Just um, I'm sure everyone, uh, most of your listeners are on Twitter. So I guess the easiest way to follow is just at um, at Debbie Watch, and 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 we'll keep you up to date on when the guide is gonna when we come to a firm date when that'll be released. But until then, I guess everyone, you know, no scouting combine this yeah. year, so everyone's got plenty, plenty of time to to goof off and, and and grind film right yep absolutely and those uh that love rotoviz and rotoviz content we will be dropping the rotoviz rookie guide here very soon the tentative release date uh, as of this this recording was going to be january 31st uh both uh well me and curtis and sean and and blair and dave it's the whole team putting that together it's just been a blast we're amid some uh mock drafts that we're going to put in there uh tons of uh, analytic kind of takeaways. Uh, my adjusted production index on on forty five different wide receivers will be in there. Caven really breaking down the breakaway percentage for running backs and just all, all sorts of fun content that uh, you guys have been growing uh, accustomed to seeing in there will be in that guy. There are three editions, so definitely check that out. You can check all that out at rotaviz.com and use all of our tools and uh, check out how you can get the guide here soon as well but uh i can't believe we're finally here in nfl draft season uh it feels like we just started the nfl season in college season but uh it can't get back soon enough really but uh clay thanks for joining me and uh, listeners thanks for joining me again and i look forward to many more episodes of the college the canton podcast